morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Blacksmith's Furnace with me, Robert. And me, Pete. (laughs) 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 Probably was going to sing, probably was going to do something else. It just just came up like some any Beetlejuice. Mistake. I mean, Mo. It's going to be so creepy. I (laughs) apologise. Okay. It's been a while since we've... Yeah, because I missed last week. So, oh, not according to the podcast. Not according to the podcast, <laughs> but according to real life. Back after two weeks. Yeah, because last week we ended up putting up one of our first ones as well, in which you talk about your disdain of bucket puffs, I believe. You know what I realised? One thing I hate more more than bucket puffs is bathing with cold water. It's actually quite good, apparently. Uh, that is... Uh, no, apparently when you're training... Not bathing with it, but laying in a nice cold yeah. bath helps with recovery. Yeah, 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 that's recovery. But like bathing with it, trying to get clean, that's, that's a whole thing. The one thing that I don't like about bathing with cold water is that it just changes your breathing pattern. <laughs> <laughs> when you go to shower at the gym, yeah, and people don't have the presence of mind to hit the button and wait for it to warm up, I'm sure you hear something. We hear feminine noises from from the shower stall. Well, anyway, so um, my mum has gone to Ghana for like three weeks. Mm. So I'm telling the guys, I'm currently playing the role of single father in my household. (laughs) And it's interesting, you know, I Mm. feel like I'm actually a parent. Having to like, like I'm having talks with with my brother about who's going to be at home when, who's going to do the cooking. Yeah, I'm just. It's not what I thought it would be. You know? <laughs> Is that in a good way or in a bad way? It's like more responsibility or yeah. I mean, obviously more responsibility. But are you finding it more fun than you thought it would be? Or I, I think it'd be more fun if I was just discussing these things with my babes and not my brother. <laughs> How would you be a single father to your babes, though? No, but but then I, you shouldn't go for babes with daddy problems, you know. Then I wouldn't. Then I wouldn't be a single father. When then, you your sugar daddy, yeah? No, no, no. Well, God will be her father in it, so that's the only father she needs. <laughs> Amen. Oh God. I like the way man just tried to drop that and you're like, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> leave the Bible in there, and then it's all good. Yeah. So then today I had my first cooking session. Right. Was it all right today? It yeah, was actually good. good. Yeah. So he made some. Sweet potato, chili, chili wedges, wedges with some chicken ground. It was it was actually quite good. It was actually it was. nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, surprisingly, so. you know, as I was cooking, I was thinking to myself, I'm actually going to make a sick host. Oh, this guy, <laughs> it's constantly gassed, you know. Constantly, constantly <laughs> no, no, because gassed. no, I I really feel like hospitality is my forte. So it's like people come round. Have the cakes ready, have the biscuits, have the juice. Cakes and biscuits. And then when my wife has her little Bible study groups, I just come in with the food, ask anyone what's something to eat. So he's already a... designated his wife to have Bible study so groups. So whoever whoever runs Bible study groups winds up marrying this guy. Yeah? What do no you wind up? What do you winds up? No <laughs> That's a bad thing. It's a privilege. There's <laughs> a spiral down. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> mmm. I look forward to moving out actually, especially now that it's closer for me. Mm. I, I do look forward to moving out, not necessarily for the hospitality. I'm just looking forward to like having my pad and arranging stuff and having my systems and 
All of that is just so good. As long as your wife okay everything. Sorry? As long as your wife okay everything. Well, I'm moving out first, so... <laughs> Hopefully it'll be too long for her to change everything around. That's she's what you like, think. Yeah, it's cool. That's what you think. I know, right? Well, but more than likely, she's going to have an input as to how you arrange it as you arrange it. Yeah, true, true, true. I mean, all I care about is my table and my computer. That's all. That's all I care about. <laughs> So as I was daydreaming about this whole hospitality thing, one thing I realised is being behind the scenes and like doing like all this hospitality, hospitality, hospitality stuff. No, hospital, hospitable. Yes. Yeah. All right. Being hospitable. Hospitalising. Let's say that. All right. No. Hospitalising. Yeah. It does have to be a word. Okay. Most words that we have were never words before people start to use them as words. It's a very fair <laughs> Hospitalizing. So what's up hospitalizing? That, that, that word is going to catch on. Wrong. That's that word is going to catch on. So because I'm hospitalizing. <laughs> With that word. All right. Okay. Hospitalize all you want. Hos- no, no. Not hospitalize. Yes, hospitalize. Yeah, hospitalize. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. I don't have to partake in small talk, which is something I hate. Because I'll, I'll, I'll always be off doing something. Mm. And small. I think I even hate small talk more than I hate bucket basketball shooting. <laughs> like, like when it, even in church, when it comes to like meet and greet where we have to go out and talk to each other, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's the time when I go to the stage to make sure that my base is in tune. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. That's the time I just sit there. They're like, get up and meet your neighbour. I just sit there. Half the time I'll be like, yo, Jamila, just, just pass later, pass me later. <laughs> I'm not on it, just give me so my daughter. Like, you will not talk to me. <laughs> give me my okay, daughter, so I, have, I now have an excuse not to get up and walk around. And it's not because I don't want to talk to people, but it's kind of long. long. Have you guys worked in a bar before? No. No. Because uh, uh, then you're literally like caught in place. Because I'm, I'm still much like you guys where, you know, that... Going greets, you know, we haven't seen each other for a week, so all of a sudden we need to shake each other's hands. So I'm upstairs, that's when I'm checking the computers, <laughs> checking the projector, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm just checking stuff, God bless you. <laughs> it's like, I but, can also a general blessing or whatever. And like, when you work behind a bar, you're like caught there yeah. and you have to talk to people. And it's like, I find it if I'm in a situation where I have to talk to someone, cool. Mm. So when I was at, taking pictures at the wedding fair, Literally, I was mingling with everyone. Mm-hmm. But it was a case of, I was just like, yeah, you know, I'm here taking pictures, blah, 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 this and that. I'm going to go now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, I could easily cut it and then just keep on going. And mm-hmm. plus, it was interesting because that was the first time I've ever seen them. Oh, so this is your store. Okay, so what do you do? This and that. Oh, okay, so how did you start? Blah, 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 this and that. But in church, it's kind of different. That's the same thing, man. That's why I take my camera to church. I'm taking pictures. <laughs> God bless you. Oh, let me take a picture. Bye. Yeah. Like, even, at, even at work, like, my, my boss is always saying, Robbie, you have to make your, your emails a bit warmer. Because, <laughs> like, all right, all right. Hello, da, 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 da. Get straight into it. Like, no, you have to say, how are you doing? I don't care. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. But it's all long. Yeah. But I think we can put this... A phobia of small talk or oh, okay dislike of small talk mm. down to what some people call introversion I just make it up word being an introvert being an introvert no but introvism that's a word isn't it I'm guessing so I highly doubt no it actually sounds like a word introvism sounds like a word no it doesn't <laughs> well Google will, will, will. okay put it so we can put this down to being an introvert mm. 
Because it's not like we're demon possessed, so we're trying, we, we don't want to be. It's <laughs> <laughs> not like we're demon possessed. If I to talk to somebody, it's like, no. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's just uh, talking to people can be a bit long. Mm. But then, as Christians, we are called, called to be bold. So what do you think? that balance can be found between being an introvert and having that boldness that Christ gives us. Mm. I think, I mean, being an introvert doesn't necessarily mean you're scared of talking to people. It just means you'd rather not. Uh, I, I don't think it's it's a matter of boldness per se or um, being timid in that sense. I think it's just, like, at church, when they do that, when they do the whole, you know, everyone should be hospitable and everyone should be... Um, the world, they expect everyone to be part of the welcome team. And I know that's someone's calling. I'm not part of the welcome team. I'm happier with my face straight than I am with my face smiling. So it's like, I don't want to, you know, because then you have the, you know, the people all come up to you, oh, hi, brother. And it's all like, it's like, it's, it's too, it's, 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 it, it feels forced sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm to try and do that, because I'm just trying to emulate brother A, B, and C that do it, it will be forced and it will appear forced and you don't want that. So I think it's it's knowing who you are and, and, and just being yourself. And I don't think being an introvert necessarily means you're not bold. I think it just means you are who you are. You don't necessarily... You just don't like talking. Yeah. But, but, but what if through that conversation that you don't want to have, you could like open up a gateway into like a problem that a person's having and they feel like they want to talk to you about it but then you don't want to talk to them so they just it's introvertism introvertism yeah, that sounds that sounds correct isn't that what I said how can you how dare you you said what did you say introvertism <laughs> you didn't say introvertism <laughs> introvertism introvertism there's a whole syllable missing and you're going like that's exactly introvertism that's what I said anyway continue, continue what I was saying um, I mean, I'll let more talk as well, but then I think, you know, again, it's God telling me to go speak to someone, or it's God putting me in a position to speak to someone. And you find even introverts, or more often than not, they tend to be geeks on a certain topic matter, or a subject matter, and when you engage them on that subject matter, they can talk for days. Mm. Um, and so I wouldn't be surprised then if God will put you in a place where you're an introvert, all right. Um, but then you're in a place with people that are like-minded regarding that subject matter that you are comfortable talking about, and then you'll be in a position to talk. I don't think God will intentionally put you somewhere where, uh, hey, God does what God does, isn't it? But I don't think it's... I don't think anyone's losing their salvation because you don't want to. You naturally don't want to talk. If God's telling you to talk, yeah, fine. But then if you just naturally don't, that's how God made you. But then... The the thing we're forgetting that that's how God made you, if if that's how God made like being introvert is something that God has done. We're not all meant to be. And plus, I think extroverts. We need to keep in mind what you said initially, where you said you're not keen on small talk, chit chat. Now, yes, chit chat might lead to something else, but chit chat in and of itself is small talk. What I tend to find with introverts is that they're not so big on small talk. They'd rather have deep, meaningful conversations. And they realise that they can't really have that with a lot of people. So those who they can have those conversations with, they kind of value them. So, for instance, all three of us are introverts. But whenever we come together, 
we do oh how's your week blah 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 this and that we are quite content sitting in silence doing our own thing but literally but when we actually sit down to have a conversation that's how this podcast was birthed so it's a case of we're all three we're all three of us are introverts but we're sitting down at an agreed time talking about something quite in depth to quite in depth levels and it's a case of it's not necessarily not wanting to talk that's the issue but not liking small talk not liking just filling the air with words. with words just for the sake of it I'd rather I like my own space I like my own thoughts I don't necessarily need to share it I'm cool sitting in silence with someone and I feel that also shows a level of comfortability to be able to comfortably sit with someone in silence mm. and not interact with them so do you feel like because you don't like small talk do you think that that would make you like a bad like street evangelizer no now even though I don't like small talk whenever I'm having a conversation with someone in terms of evangelism I have a clear purpose with that conversation so I cut straight to the point with the purpose. So I might have a trap and I'd be like, there you go, here's a trap, do you know Jesus? I cut straight to the point. I'm not necessarily saying, how's your day? I'm cutting straight, do you know Jesus? No, nope. would you like to know him? Would you like blah, blah, blah? And then we go straight to the conversation, as you said. What if they say no? Then boy, keep it moving. My friend, you got you the trap. Sometimes you have to butter them up a bit, you know. You got the trap. No, but then you see, that's the thing as well. Like, we're talking, you know, if you are a street evangelist, that's what God's called you to. He will mm-hmm. equip you for the job. If that makes sense, like so think because Mark- actually quite opposite to Mo, where you, you know, like you're saying, you actually do the street evangelism stuff. That's way out of my my field of expertise. I don't I don't like doing it. When I'm giving out tracks, I just feel like either people think I'm trying to sell them something or I'm trying to rob them of something. Wait, what's the track? Like you know, handing out tracks like those little leaflets. Oh, the leaflets. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't. I don't do it. I don't. I never feel comfortable doing it. I never feel genuine doing it. Um, and, and I feel like that's just because God hasn't designed me mm-hmm. as a street evangelist. That's not my calling. I can't force myself to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not... The, I think that the difficulty comes when we think certain things should be done by everyone. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's the case. Mm-hmm. You know, if the Bible says, you know, your hand is your hand, what will happen if the hand says it wants to be the eye? You know, I'm not designed to do that. I'm designed to do something else. And we all should be doing something for God. But then doesn't mean I have to be doing what A, B and C are mm-hmm. Different service, same spirit. And yeah. what he's saying is key as well in terms of we need every sort of operation of the spirit within every church. Yeah. To be able, I know that you can't really, in accepting people, what do you do? I'm an evangelist, we've got too many, go away. <laughs> you can't really do that. But it's a case of we need but to... But you know what, to some extent that's what, that, that's what happens. Especially with the denominations, we're going back to denominations, yeah? Really <laughs> <Shut> up. <laughs> Fix up. <laughs> but no, literally, where you go somewhere and you realise that your giftings aren't wanted because mm-hmm. they don't fit in. Um, mm-hmm. And so you're shunned it and you're, and you're kicked out. Uh, and so unfortunately, that's unfortunately, that is what happens, happens, but it shouldn't. But yeah. And it's a case of we need to strive as much as possible to have as many operations or giftings within every church mm-hmm. so that we can have a more fulfilled life so we can have discipleship going on effectively we can have outreach going on effectively preaching teaching shepherding now not every preacher is called every pastor is called to preach if it's not your calling sit down just just shepherd the flock make sure everyone's all right don't preach yeah it's not by force and some people have got that gifting 
some people don't and it's a case of utilizing the giftings and stuff that God has placed within the church mm -hmm. so yeah I don't feel as though everyone needs as I said Peter I definitely see Peter being one person who enjoys and correct me if I'm wrong he enjoys more meaningful conversations where you I actually thought you were talking about Peter in the Bible no oh. <laughs> <laughs> Peter who enjoys more meaningful conversations you, to be able to sit down dig into the word to explore the word and stuff like that so I will see more along the lines of if let's say X is an evangelist that's all he's passionate about he doesn't really care about um, discipling or teaching the word all mm. he cares about is going out and quote unquote winning souls mm. so he goes out he speaks to someone and he's like alright cool if you're interested more we've got someone in our church who can actually dig deeper and move yeah. Yeah. and then he refers them to Peter and it's a case of there's no small talk involved. Oh, mm -hmm. I'm here because X, Y, Z said you can help me with the Bible. All right, cool. Where is it that you're stuck on? Blah blah mm -hmm. blah. And mm -hmm. through that, the relationship will get built up to where, to where, to the point of it's no longer small talk, but a genuine concern of how was your day. Because mm -hmm. half of the time when they say to me or when they say in the church, go shake hands with someone, I really don't care how your day went. I don't care how your week went. So I'll be like, how's your week? Before you even, oh, is that so? That's good. Nah, literally though. But like, how many times have you said, oh, hi, how are you doing? And it's just like, that's, or oh, what's up? And right. it's just, oh yeah, what's up? And I know that's the that's the slang we use, but then it's like, someone asks you how you're doing and they don't actually even wait to hear it. And so, yeah, cool. And it's like, uh, it's not sinister, but we haven't, people don't, it's, they don't. it's not there. It's not, it's not. But then don't you think that's a problem that we aren't generally concerned about how our brothers and sisters within the church are doing? When I when I ask someone how are you doing, sometimes it's like it's they don't expect because I should be like, Yes, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, I'm good, I'm good, like, how's your week? And like if I if I ask you, I actually do want to mm -hmm. hear it. I don't ask it. if I don't ask you then I don't care. <laughs> oh yeah, hi, bye. Like that's it. But then, like, it is, I think it's it's just the way where we've come to mm -hmm. um, as, as a society, you know, you've got social media. I think it very much is reflective of the way we are. We continue scrolling and don't actually spend time on one, spe one specific mm -hmm. thing. The attention span is so short, it's just next new bit of information, next new bit of information. I, I don't think we actually spend the time, or just as a society, just don't spend the time on this. I think as well, um, exactly as Peter was saying, we've <coughs> we've kind of lost, or we're on the verge of losing, a sense of community. Hmm. Um, even within the church now, I know that some, or not all churches are like this. Some churches really have a sense of community. They actually look out for each other. You you see the youth in particular, like spend each other, spend time at each other's houses, like live lives around each other but mm. for some it's just a case of that's this is where I go on a Sunday I leave I don't really talk to anyone yeah. I don't really do anything else I kind of socialise with other people and then you think that that's the right church and for you then? and this is a, but well, some people are comfortable like yeah, that some people that's like the that. thing the church is made up of people like you so how do you say it's like you're part of the problem when you're there mm. even if you're if you're like, this is the culture of the church and I'm not really going to do anything about it, then you're part of the problem. If... If you, if you are trying to do something about it, then within that church you're causing a problem. Because people are like, you're doing something counter to what we normally do. But, um, you can't expect an... Int well, I'd say you can't expect God can do whatever he wants. 
but generally you can't really look to an introvert to change the it's going to be difficult for an introvert to come out of himself to change the culture of community within a church unless it's something that is pressing on his heart extremely so because you don't put yourself out in the first place yeah yeah, and that, that's that's that again goes back to that idea of if God calls you for something, He equips you for it. Like you think about the fact that God would choose a stammerer to take a public speaking role, like Moses. You stammer, you can't even talk, and then God called him to go. Not Moses, <laughs> Moses in the Bible. Um, God called him to go and stand before Pharaoh, and he was even trying to use that as a way to get out. Mm-hmm. Like, oh no, I can't speak. Give me, you know, and give him Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. But isn't it Aaron? I've Aaron. always said Aaron. I've known people that said Aaron. Could be Aaron. I, I normally hear Aaron, but I, I know Aaron. that there's a difference if there's two A's and if there's one A of how you pronounce. Aaron. Yeah, I'm, I've never is. seen a one A before. That's a local one. <laughs> Argon. Aaron. Was it Aaron? Was it Argon? Aaron. 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 No, but I've seen Aaron <laughs> with one A, and I've seen Aaron with two A's. I wouldn't ever see them with two A's. I've only ever seen it two as well. But that, that's what I mean. And I say that because I can imagine it's easy to then say, I'm an introvert, I'm not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. Or I'm an extrovert, so don't sit on my happiness. Let me. Let me. <laughs> <laughs> that's the direct translation. Or I'm an extrovert, so don't shut me up. I'm going to make noise as much as I want. Mm-hmm. I think it's more about finding out what God's called you to do, yeah. what's God's place in your heart, as Mo said, what's pressing on your heart, and then doing that. But then, so, what if you find that God is calling you to do something that is contrary to your personality? Alright, so when God calls you to do something that's contrary to your nature, again, it's not a clean cut, clear cut, um, one thing kind of fits all, but sometimes it's a case of um, something in your past has affected your approach to life and God is trying to break that off, or... Um, it could be a case of God is trying to take someone who's naturally opposite to what he's calling them to do that he may draw more he may get all the glory from that mm. yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think it would be time to go for another question <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, question, 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 question okay so in what ways do you think your introvert your do you know what yeah are there any? Is there anything? Do you feel your nature is in line with what God wants for you right now, Robert? Ah, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, it's right. <laughs> I said that so confidently. Um, so God wants you just gassed. No, no, no. Constantly, he's, he's working on that. He's working on. Yeah, so I'm, I'm finding that I think a lot more before, before I say anything. <laughs> Um, what's in line with my nature that I feel like but um, I guess this is a hard question that's why I'm the question <laughs> um, what's the question again <laughs> do you think your nature is in line with what God wants for you I, I, I feel like it well, right now it is, and 
but I feel like it's one of those things where you're, you're always where God, where, where God, God, God wants you to be. Mm-hmm. So, right now, my nature is in line with what he, what he wants you to do. That's the, that's the, politically, that's the politically correct answer. So I, don't know why, I don't know why that reminds me so much of like animes where like Ichigo is always strong enough for the enemy he's facing at that moment. Yeah. And then like for Bleach anime, like, you know, and then he always has to get stronger for the next guy. Always. But my question to that would be, if you still feel as though God is challenging you on your constant gasness, then how could you be where God wants you to be right now? What do you mean? So, <laughs> I said you said um, God's working on your on, on constant ga- state of graciousness. Mm-hmm. And I said, so how then can you be where God wants you to be right now if He's challenging you on your gas? Because if I wasn't where He wanted to, me to be, somewhere back in back in the past, He would have done something. So that would have been in a different place from where I am now. Okay, so you're placing the onus on God to. Ensure that you are where you need to be. Yeah. Okay. Because, um, almost like if he makes me too perfect when it's not needed. <laughs> what? We're all striving. <laughs> no, 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 no. This, is, this is why God is working. No, that came out wrong. No, because because we're all trying to we're all, all striving to be like Jesus Christ, who is perfect. <laughs> That's what I meant by too perfect. <laughs> This is the USB-C connection, right? Yeah. Okay. So, well, <laughs> if God makes me too as close to perfection as one could be <laughs> <laughs> too quickly... This conversation is getting real theoretical <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, yeah. If he makes me um, too far ahead of where I'm supposed... Or, or where like he wants me to be too quickly, mm. then there's the chance that it will get to my head okay you sure yeah because the closer you get to Jesus shouldn't you be more humble so you won't get to your head yes but if so he's saying eventually he'll get there when God yeah, yeah. made him ready for that yeah but right now level of perfection yeah <laughs> that make it sound like <laughs> the only reason I'm not perfect is because God doesn't like competition <laughs> I don't know that for I think I'm a close second <laughs> oh my god! I will be one day. Oh, oh no 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 no! Cause you got God, you got Jesus, Holy Spirit. I'm a close fourth. <laughs> I'm a close, I'm a close number four. Well, they're joint first though. He's still number four. He's still number four. Yeah. Still number four. <laughs> but yeah, um, I feel like if you, if you're too, if everything's just working for you t- too much, then you'll just be in, like reveling. In, in like all the good stuff <laughs> that's why I think right now like like I'm like in church I know I'm not the best worship leader but if I was better better worship if, if, if I was a better worship leader than I am now right now you, you will understand yeah, the, the gas <laughs> the gas because like, cause like even right now I feel gas uh, as, a, as a worship leader at times my mind is not in the right place mm. but I, I get you and I think to some extent it's actually even the same idea of God not testing you beyond what you're you're capable of yeah you know so not giving you too much um gaseousness that it gets to your head or or not making you 
too talented that then that becomes your idol mm. and there's person. and there's like reasons why I am where I am mm. not just for me but for everyone else around me who, who got his who got his working on mm. Mm. as well you, you, yeah. you can even take take like Moses like he was, he was in the wilderness for 40 years before he led the Israelites was it 40 years? well he and the Israelites were in there oh no 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 no, no. He, he, even before he started leading them out yeah he oh, when left. he left and when he got caught killing yeah. someone yeah yeah so, is that got, 40 years? I think it was. I think I think he left when he was forty, and he came back when he was eighty. I can't remember. Yeah. So. After that, I can't remember. Yeah. yeah so it but, doesn't specify it, but mm-hmm. I can't remember where it's, I read it from. It's, it's, it's a bad someone. Mm-hmm. So God could have like made him ready within those within two years and said, mm-hmm. "Okay, now you're ready to go and, re- and lead the Israelites." Mm-hmm. But then there must have been other stuff happening that God decided. No, it's, it's, it's going to be 40 years before I let. Mm. Mm. I, I, hear, I hear what you're saying. In terms of even that, I think bro, I think it's not just Moses that had to get ready, but the hearts of the people who was about to lead out had to go through something mm. to get them to the position. Because even when you went, initially they were like, yeah, let's go. And then when Pharaoh did what he did, they were like, why are you here? You just come to cause us more problems and stuff. Mm. So and I they think, always did that. Yeah. And I think there's, there's a, there was a kind of like a period that they had to go through for stuff to get bad. Because even when Paul and God, Paul, you know, when God called him in the burning bush, he said, the cries of my people have reached my ear. Yeah. So I think he, there was an appointed amount of time yeah. before that will come through. Because even when he said it, when the covenant was first made with Abraham, I believe, mm. he said, um, your offspring will be um, in captivity, in captivity yeah. for a certain amount of yeah. time mm-hmm. before they're led out. So mm-hmm. we kind of had to wait for that. <coughs> and even, uh, even Pharaoh might not have been ready because if, yeah. like, if he was that much younger, then maybe he would have taken heed after the first... Mm. Mm. <laughs> the first one yeah. but then once you've been in power for that amount of time mm. then and you think your head yeah. and stuff mm. so yeah um, do you, so do you feel like you're in line with the nature God has for you do you know what I think I am very much aware of how God is challenging me mm. and what I can perceive he wants how he wants me to grow mm. and it's difficult um, so I'll I'm inclined to say I am where I need to be now but I am very much aware of where he wants me to go mm. so because I'm aware of where he wants me to go I, I can say I don't think I am where I should be because I know where he wants what he wants to develop within me but you never you'll never ever be where God, where you should be is that in the Bible? If if we are where God wants us to be then essentially we're saying sinless perfection how so because God wants Christ likeness <laughs> it's, got, it's got deep <laughs> God wants Christ likeness yeah. we ought to walk as Christ walked mm. and for us to walk as Christ walked he was without sin mm. he was in constant fellowship with the father he constantly saw what the father was doing and he did as the father was doing he wasn't swayed as we are Mm. by what he sees and by the flesh and by the needs of the flesh um, he says the uh, flesh the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak mm. and but we know that on our our side 
John says, if you say you are without sin, you lie and the truth is not in you and stuff like that. So they are constantly besetting sins and stuff that we will face. Mm. So in our sanctification, God wants as close to we, God wants us to be Christ-like. Mm. But due to sin and our fallen nature, we can never really attain that. But the Bible says that when he comes down, everyone's going to be, be like him. Be like him. Yeah. So it's a case of the absolute mark of being Christ-like mm. is one that we won't achieve until we see him. Well, that actually answers the question. Because as to whether or not it is in the Bible, whether or not sin is perfection, is achievable, is there. Mm -hmm. In the sense that we will only be like him when we see him. Mm -hmm. So until we do, we won't. And so we'll always be striving towards mm -hmm. him. So that's, that's and that's, that's what I was about to say. It doesn't, just because it says until we see him, doesn't stop us from striving for it. Because yeah. if his spirit is dwelling in us, then we will continually strive to be more like him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's not, I've, I've heard people saying, so why should I bother trying to live sinless if I'm never going to achieve it? But I'm like, his spirit lives in you. His spirit can't dwell with sin. Well, yeah, you see, that's the thing. Are you trying to live sinless or are you just trying to live as God wants you to live? Like, I think sometimes the focus is on sin. Mm -hmm. We're too sin conscious. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not what, you know, Christ is seated mm -hmm. for. Because uh, the priests of old could not sit down because they, their job was never done. And so they were always, uh, people were always conscious of their sin. But then Christ is seated. Mm -hmm. As our priest, his job is done. Mm -hmm. And so we don't have to be conscious of our sin anymore. And that's, that's a key. Because I find that when we're focused on sin, we then start to strive for righteousness, but that becomes self-righteousness. But when we're focused on the Our finished work of Christ, works, yeah. when we're focused on the finished work of Christ, we then move towards living out of appreciation. And that is the greatest catalyst for righteous living, living out of appreciation for what has already been done. Um, so yes, in terms of do I think I am where I ought to be, um, I'll, I'll kind of side with Robert in the sense of um, <laughs> in the sense of I believe I am where I am so that God can work on me to display his glory mm. to continually mould me into the image of Christ mm. um, do I perceive that there's stuff to change and stuff that I'm yes definitely mm. um, but for now I, I, I know I am in a place where God is now able to well not now but God is able to mould me and push me more towards where I need to be mm. Mm. what about yourself Peter? yeah no I, it's the same to be honest in the sense of it's it's a matter of what I, I every single day is a walk with God and every single day we are um, we're continually growing or we should be continually growing um, in our relationship and in our walk so <coughs> I'm not where I'm not perfect um, but God's still working but you feel like you are where you should be right now yeah I'm, I'm where God wants me <laughs> do you know what I, I've, I've just realised I've just realised my qualm with that because I didn't really sit well and it has the opportunity to to kind of leave a sense of contentment mm. that yes I am where God wants me to be even though there's stuff that I am where God wants me to be right now uh, that's why I was asking about the well that's why we asked about what went into sin as perfection in the sense of then is there contentment but mm. then if you are where God God wants you to be or, or the idea of where God wants us to be is continually growing and continually striving in his Holy Spirit or, or under the guidance of his Holy Spirit 
then you won't get content with where you are because you know because the Holy Spirit won't leave that like I think the, the idea is that it's no longer how we feel or how we think we should feel it's what's what God's saying at that point in time mm. if that makes sense and and if we're following what God's leading us to do or if we're constantly with his spirit then we'll be we'll, we should be cool what about yourself Jamelia? yes we're back or maybe I should let me, let me, let me flip the question mm. a little bit um, is there anything in your nature right now that you feel like it needs to be changed by God because it's not what he's called you to be. So I'm guessing you're not talking about physical nature. No. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Check it, isn't it? <laughs> um, Personality-wise, yeah. is there anything that I think... It's not in line with what God wants you wants your nature to be? Well, obviously, there's those things, isn't it? What, if you had to pick? Um, I would say... That I um I don't have a lot of patience. Like I have patience, but once my patience is done, no gets bullied. It's 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 just it's it's actually used up. Like I I don't have time for you. You send the shots like that. Um. <laughs> um. So God is working on my heart mm. because I realise that um. People are not where you want them to be and they don't react in the way you want them to react. And so you can't expect people to behave like you. Even though they should. They should. I mean, I'm going to be a place, Pia, that's what I'm saying. But I need them to catch up with my philosophy on life. So I need, like, a degree of grace and mercy. Um, but, yeah, your original... Oh, OK, another thing. Um, this is a big thing that God's probably been trying to fix for a long time. Mm. Inconsistency is in my nature. Um, I have good intentions. I write good plans. I start. And then something happens. And my intention is always to go back. But the longer I leave it, the less likely it is to happen. And then I might have, like no I'm going to be serious and then maybe four days straight and then I'll, I'll be I'll feel successful in it so in my feeling successful there comes a lack because I I feel like I've achieved something mm-hmm. so I'll be like oh yeah I went to the gym twice so it don't matter if I miss four months <laughs> <laughs> them two times like I went in in it um, so yeah yeah and that's I very, I very much like that point because that's what we're speaking about in terms of <clears throat> reaching a point where you feel like, okay, cool, I've arrived at something decent, mm-hmm. and that becomes like a sense of complacency, and then you kind of slack from that. So in us saying, I think I am where God wants me to be. I'm not. So I don't know how you are so confident. <laughs> so it's like you become comfortable, as, as Jamila said. It's like you, you start to slack a bit, mm-hmm. or you start to coast not necessarily pushing yourself or challenging yourself so even at the gym if you're like yeah I want to hit 100 kg reps you hit that you're like yeah I'm there now Maybe. you don't necessarily push yourself mm. further I think as well though when it comes to being where God wants us to be 
it's whether we're actually asking God the question because we can convince ourselves mm. that we're where God wants us to be because we haven't inquired. Yep. Um, and also, it's about... <coughs> well, for me, anyway, like, I know I'm not where God wants me to be because he specifically told me there is more that I require of you. Subsequently, (laughs) one can only conclude that I'm not. Um, So yeah, I think if we're honest, um, because we are not Jesus, there's going to be loads of things God wants us to do that we're taking our time about. Um, We can say, I am where God wants me to be because I... I'm in the kingdom and I'm not in darkness but then when it comes to specific things I'm sure if we were all living by the spirit you know we'd be doing more stuff but we allow other stuff to get in the way so if you're but if you're in a place where like you said you know you're striving or you are pushing or you are doing you know being in that state wouldn't you say that's where God wants you to be do you know what I would say it's where God is allowing you to be. Because he allowed the children of Israel to walk in the wilderness for 40 years. But he wanted them in the promised land. But they they prolonged their getting to where they're supposed to go. So I think sometimes we're in places that we're allowed to be in, but it's not the end goal. We haven't met it yet. Yeah, no, and I think one thing we said, the end goal is when we see Christ and we're made like him. Uh, up until that point, we can only we can only strive. But I think if you're in a state of striving, if that makes sense, if you're, yeah, if no. you're in, that, in that process. But then, I, like, I just think... Because, like, for example, mm. as a parent, yeah, when, when I was younger, there'd be times when I'd feel like, I'm on point in it. Like my mum can't tell me nothing. I tidied my room. I did this. I was like, I'll feel content. Like I have exceeded your expectations in every area of life. And she'll still be like, but you didn't do this. Hmm. But did you do this though? And sometimes we focus so much on what we have done that we miss what we haven't done. And um, I just feel like there's always more. Um, Even people that I look up to in church would say they're not where they're supposed to be because they're still dragging their feet Mm. and those those are tied to um our personal issues um about i don't know insecurity or fear or not trusting god like we might be like oh i'm where i want us to be but god wants us to quit our job but we're like i'm calm here so i don't know i think it just uh, it depends everybody's perception is Um. Says, examine yourselves. Yeah, very true. John Piper, no, Paul Washer. He mentioned something that was really um, potent. It really stood out to me. He said, when a sermon is going on, and there's a real wave of like holy, that like, conviction and repentance going on more often it starts from those you deem as to be the holiest 
because they're the ones who are more convicted of how they haven't lived up to God's standard. Mm. So the more closer you get to Christ, the more you realize how far away you are from Him. And so the more you grow closer to Him, the more you realize, all right, cool, there's still more stuff that needs to be worked on. And you're more sensitive to the Holy Spirit and you're more easily convicted by it. So, again, it's the people, and I have seen it, I have seen it. So those who are, like, just enjoying their sin, just be like, yeah, I'm cool with it. Like, Jesus loves me, so I'm good in it. He loves my heart. But it's like, those who are actually striving to be like him are more convicted by what they shouldn't do. Um, and this, that, that was just an observation mm-hmm. rather than something that's explicitly written within the word mm. um, and I find I find it holds true because in, in the word I see maybe not something different but I see those that were more aware of what God is doing in them and for them mm-hmm. were more effective than those that were concentrating on what they're supposed to be doing or what they're mm-hmm. doing if mm-hmm. that makes sense it reminds me of Job when, oh. when he was hit with all the Everything. Yeah, yeah. He was saying about God, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, God yeah. came yeah. and like, I'll sweat out. Sweat <laughs> <laughs> out. Let's talk about that. Oh. <laughs> Let's talk about that for a moment. Oh, literally, you know. So he's gone from being the, <laughs> he's gone from being the one God said is the most righteous man mm. in the world to becoming mm. the self-righteous guy. That's serious, you know, because it was God. It was God as well that said, "Have you noticed my my servant?" So yeah. I was like, obviously, God rated him. But he rated himself too much. Swear <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And, and like I'm thinking of like Peter and John. You know, John, John's gospel is like he refers to himself as the one that Jesus loved, and mm-hmm. like there's a focus on Jesus' mm-hmm. love for him. Peter's like, I will never betray you. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> two two. I don't know this guy. <laughs> you know? I don't know, sir. Usually, you know, swearing and apparently swearing using like... explicits and everything. Like, oh no, me. Never. But, yeah, it's, it's even and John, in his epistles, again, he who says he's without sin, he the truth is not in him. Yeah. So it's like the person who's so focused on Christ can be like, if you say you're without sin, the truth is not in you. Mm. So like, you've got sin, just just admit. Paul is saying like stuff I want to do, I don't do. Mm. Stuff I don't want mm. to do, stuff that I do do. Imagine people reading that letter though, like because they would rate Paul one night, obviously. And it's like, oh, so even for even he struggles, even for <coughs> it's like I subject myself daily. Yeah, yeah. So it's a case of it isn't you. You get through the gold like some spiritual door. I'm sinless. I have arrived. Mm. Like man said, I subject myself daily. So but I, I just wanted to put off what you said. It's okay. Yeah. Do you need to finish your sentence? Yeah. You can go for it. Um, just to follow up on what I said, I feel like having contemplated it (laughs) for a while that, um, I am where God wants me to be in moments daily. Like I fluctuate between being where he wants me to be and not being where he wants me to be. Um, depending on what is going on at the time. So yeah, there's sometimes I feel like, um, like when I'm in worship, when I'm spending time and like he's telling me stuff and I'm learning and stuff, I'll be like, yeah, this is where God wants me to be right now. And then there's other times where, you know, I'm thinking about things I shouldn't be thinking about and co 
cursing people in my mind and stuff. Yes. I would say that's not exactly where God wants me to be. Um, I feel like spiritually, yeah. Do you mean it's like some kind of Hulk? <laughs> Just like ready to get me? angry <laughs> at someone. Like, don't make me angry. <laughs> He wasn't like me angry. Do you think it's ever possible to hit hundred percent efficiency in being where God wants you to be? Well, I think that's that's something we've we've said like until we see Christ, we'll not be made like Him. And the whole point of being Christian is to be Christ like. So, what do you think is the, the, the maximum we can? I don't think it's about that. I don't think it's about that. In the, in the sense, I don't think it's a mark of okay. So you need to be able to go a day without sin. You can't, yeah. and even if you did, what about the next day? What about the day before? Like, even the smallest speck on your garments makes has ruined, you know, mm-hmm. it for a perfect and holy God. So, by being born, <laughs> we've missed the mark. We've missed the mark already. Um, but I think it's not about that. You know, like when the Bible talks about labor, I can't remember where. I need to find it because I keep saying it, and I need to make sure it's in context. But <laughs> it's like. You labour to enter the rest, and you labour to enter. When we labour, it's not labouring. That's in Hebrews. When it's it about Christ being the final rest. There you, go. Rest, yeah. there you go. There you go. There you go. When when we when we are working, so I've been using it in context. <laughs> when we're working. <laughs> when we're working, it's not working for my work to bring the result, mm-hmm. but it's working so I'm constantly reminded, and I am, I'm pushing myself to the state of seeing that. The finished work has been done, and I need to be in Christ. I need to be living under under Christ, living under the direction of the Holy Spirit. Mm. That's what I need to be working towards. And it's not necessarily working towards being sinless; it's working towards being more conscious of Christ. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So you say it's okay to to work at fifty percent? No, because then you're giving God half. You're being half-hearted towards God. Mm. We should always strive to to give God our all. Good, bad, good bad, ugly, whatever, to give God at all. And How did Christ summarise the commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your mind strength. You the entirety. Entirety of you. So, 50% is not enough. It's not doing it. But then your 100% isn't... Your 100%, 100% is going to be tainted. It's going to be tainted. But it's just... Strive. So it's a case of, it's, it's essentially you handing out, it's you loving God with all your heart for your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Now, all of those have implications. So with all your heart, all of your affection, all your mind, literally all of your cognitive abilities, you're constantly thinking and meditating on God. With all of your soul, your um, heart, mind, and a will forms up, uh, builds up your soul. So anything that you desire, your will, is drawn towards is drawn towards God. And your strength, you are actively expending your strength to, to do all of these things. So all of them have implications, and in all honesty, we don't do that on a con- on a constant basis. We don't. The Bible says everything that you do should be done to the glory of God, and that definitely correlates with the first and the most important commandment. So I don't think as Christians we can never get to a point where we're like, um, yeah, we're 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 at that hundred percent mark. But I kind of wanted to bring it back to the intro um, introvertism. Hey. <laughs> introvertism. Bro, it's out here making up words. Like, word? Yeah, introvertism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually googled it. We, we've actually had this fight already. Um, <laughs> that's what I said. Introvertism. That's not what you said. I will play this for you. <laughs> you, said play this you said introvertism. You said introvertism or something like that. It's a beauty of a point. I thought you said introvertism. Yes, that's, you, that's what you said. 
was going to say you said introvertism, like, just put a syllable in there. You didn't even know it was, it, it was a word to begin with. I knew introvertism was not a word. I felt that in my spirit. <laughs> in my spirit. I was operating in the flesh because I said it sounds, it sounds like it. <laughs> my spirit spell check said no. But you know what? God led me to Google. <laughs> but yeah, um, if you are an introvert, which I believe all of us are, um, but I know that Jamelia is taking conscious steps to break out of that in certain areas. Um, what? <laughs> it was to survive. She's, ta- she's taking constant, um, conscious steps to break out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I'm being challenged to not filter life solely through that. Mm. So be more open because I'm because I'm an introvert. I'm a lot more. <clears throat> self-conscious when it comes to interacting with people I don't know. Mm. God is challenging me to remove those barriers and just allow him to kind of navigate through the conversations and kind of show himself through the conversations. And that looks different for me because my calling is different from your calling, Peter, and it's different from your calling. So as you were saying, you don't you don't feel necessarily led to evangelism. Not street evangelism. That's right. We do it at I feel as though... Pentecostal churches. <laughs> I Sorry. feel evangelism is part of my call. Yeah. So it's a case of I'm having to let go of that self-consciousness due to evangelism purposes mm. to a point where I can start a conversation with people, potentially get in depth and even have like a mini study on the street with them mm-hmm. where the teaching side kind of comes out as well. Mm. Um, but you be more on the other end where someone who's heavily driven towards evangelism might move them towards you mm. and then you'll be able to kind of sit down with them and um, dig into the word a bit more and it might flesh out differently for you Robert in terms of you could still be introvert but you could be the one, the person who actually is hospitable organises everything makes sure that everything is going well so makes like that chilli sweet potato trust me so like Mary and Martha mm. one person was actually in the place by Jesus' feet getting the word and the other person was ensuring that everybody else was well catered for the problem came when she was like no get her to come do what I'm doing mm-hmm. and Jesus was like nah she's picked her portion so it was literally her cooking the food and stuff enabled the other person to be able to be there and listen to what Jesus was saying yeah but she needed to put That's down the, the pot yeah because Jesus' response yeah. was even like well you're even even though what you're doing is good it's not the right thing it's not the right do. thing and that's mm-hmm. the if you are being hospitable while still engaged with Jesus as you're doing it, mm-hmm. then I believe that yeah. you're in the right place. There's a a French, there was a French chef who... Ratatouille. <laughs> sorry. Oh so goodness. sorry. He um, practiced the presence of God whilst cooking. And apparently his food was like the best mm-hmm. that the monarchy or whatever, that that them times had ever tasted mm. and in his journals and stuff like worship where we could <laughs> literally so it's a case of he used to say that every time he was cooking he was actively meditating and pondering on God so he would be like flipping the omelette or something like that and he would be thinking of flipping this omelette to the glory of God mm. and he's actively engaged with it and he's just conscious that oh Jesus is here with me as I'm cooking yeah, yeah. and he's actively doing that and it, sh- it, it showed up it showed up in the taste of his food mm. how well his food was kind of prepared and 
it, I believe you can definitely be, be in the will of God in the backgrounds. Yeah. You can be in the will of God in the foregrounds. You can be outside of the will of God in the foregrounds. Mm. Or outside of this world in the background. You've seen that. So, trust me. So it's a case of ensuring that wherever you are, you're still within his will. And there's a, there's a major element of being sensitive to his spirit, to his leadership. The Bible says those who are led by his spirit are the sons of God. So being led by his spirit, being led by right, cool, you know, God, yes, I like to be in the background, I like to be into it, but for this season or this moment, God doesn't want this for me. So I need to push, I need to follow his spirit and be pushed out. Yeah, I find, like, <coughs> the contrast in church where, as much as I, I, I like to be in the background, I'm sent to stage every Sunday. Hello, mm. everyone. How's everyone doing? Yeah, we're going to sing through some songs. Sing through some songs. <laughs> Have you asked God to see where he wants you? Yeah, and that's, I, I feel like, being on stage. And it's kind of like, you'd rather be elsewhere, but, but you want yeah. put you. Yeah. And you, you, you know, yeah, I've, I've realised that a few people in the worship band play bass guitar. <laughs> so I just want to lose so we But yeah, I find myself always somehow. Practice. It's not that I don't enjoy it. I love it. But you know, sometimes I just want a break yeah. and just to enjoy the worship. But I can't have my church because I'm always in that mode of need to make sure everything is, is working. Yeah. Well, anyway, I think that'll be a nice place to round up. Mm. I think so. Yeah. So shout out to all our introverts and shout out to all our extroverts and anyone who's in between. Introverts. In between them. They're called ambiverts. That's new thing. What? Yeah, it's like ambidextrous, but because uh, I, I can do both. Of it's, it. Wait, is this a word? Or? Is, is that, Apparently, it's yeah, I have, I have seen it. I couldn't remember what it was, but I have seen it. I'm, I'm not sure if it's what he said. You know what? Do you, do you have credits? So I'll Google it. So. <laughs> That's the thing I'm gonna check it. But yeah, let's, let's go. Okay, let's credits, go. credits. Oh, oh, PPP, PPP. I'm, I'm. I'm gonna call it Po Pee Po. Oh no, don't, don't. No, because PPP. Yeah, uh, you know, I know, don't call it PPP. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't call it Po Pee Po. Anyway, so. Um, Someone's gonna say I think it's a Po P or something like that, I don't know. <laughs> I'll just want to trade the thought. <laughs> Poetry, pizza, and Polaroids. So I'm holding an. Well, it's, not an it's not an event, it's, it's more. Call it P cubed. Yeah, it's ambivert. I told you. That's right. That's right. Yeah, so once. <laughs> what do we want? You've given us two words today. One of them happened to be true. The other one wasn't so long. Anyway, poetry Polaroid. No, poetry pizza on Polaroid. So it's a it's a hangout gathering session for anyone who's interested in like spoken word or poetry. We're just gonna come, we're gonna eat pizza, we're gonna talk, we're gonna do some writing, we'll do some performing and yeah, I, I created this because I feel like, like, I don't know about in America, but in London, like, our sense of community isn't what it should be or what it could be. Mm. Whether you're Christian or whether you're not. So I just want to, like, create a space where people who have an interest in poetry or Christianity can come together and meet with other people who have that same interest. Because, mm. yeah, I feel like a lot of the time we do it by ourselves. So people do, like, a lot of writing my shit here and there but there's no no way you can just come to come and beat so oh, that's what I'm trying to do so the first session will be on the 9th 
of October. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. will be from seven o'clock to nine p.m. Um, at my church, the Suffolk Salvation Army, One Princess Street, London, SE One Six HH. I'll give Peter the link for the. I'll put, I'll put it in the description. I'll put it on Facebook as well. Yeah, so come invite a friend. Come, let's have some pizza and let's do some poetry, and it'll be it'll be a good time. Um, yeah, that's 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 my handle then. That's fair enough. Well done for your handle. Can you do the credits as well, please? <laughs> don't you guys have handles before I do the credits? I don't know why I, I don't do know your it. job, Robert. Yeah. <laughs> Just do what God has brought us to do, man. <laughs> but, no, but we do handles before we do credits. No, we do. We do it at the same time. Hey. After shout out, after shout out, shout out. Then we do that. <laughs> anyway. My God is good. Okay. <laughs> shout out to to Brothers and Ram for the intro and outro music. <laughs> Brothers and Ram. <laughs> <laughs> It's not Brothers and Ryan. It's not Brothers and Ryan. It's partners. No, they're going to change your name to Brothers and Ryan. I've decided. I declared from your era that they must change. That sounds like a 90s like hip hop duo or something. Shout out to Partners in Ryan. I thought I was done making that mistake. Hang tight Partners in Ryan for the intro and outro music. Hang tight Calvin Turner. Is it Calvin Turner? Calvin Turner. I was about to say Calvin Harris. You're tired. No, I'm not Um, For the Ordinary Amazing logo. Yes, sir. You can find us on Twitter. At the Furnace UK, you can send me fan mail at tbsfurnace at hotmail.com. <laughs> you can find us on. I actually need to check that email because I haven't checked it in, checked it, yeah. in a while. Um, you can find us on all good podcasting websites, yeah. including iTunes, yeah. um, at the Blacksmith Furnace with an apostrophe. You can find us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash the Blacksmith Furnace, no apostrophe. Is that everything? Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's that. Um, H Muse H. H Muse H. For your yep. photography needs. Um, I need to update the Ordinary Amazing website actually. I haven't done that in a while. So I need to do that um, with everything. Gems, have you got anything that you might want to plug? I'd like to plug the most high God Jesus. Get to know him if you don't. And if you do get to know him more, okay. Well, I guess that's the blacksmith's furnace signing out. Wow.